0: everybody, and welcome to episode 291 of Intermittent Fasting Stories. Today I'm here with Jamie Cochran. Jamie lives in Altoona, Iowa, where she is an eighth grade science teacher. Welcome, Jamie.
1: Thank you. I'm so excited to be here.
0: Well, I'm excited to talk to you. You know I love to talk to teachers. We could talk about like teaching science and stuff all day long.
1: (laughs) 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 That is not why we're here, (laughs) (laughs) You talk about a lot of science, so... Well, that's true. That's (laughs) true.
0: You know, I like to start by asking, what brought you to intermittent fasting and when was that?
1: So there's kind of a lot of different ways I feel like I could approach this question. But the first time I ever heard about intermittent fasting was actually from my mom. And it was right near the beginning of the pandemic. So I want to say maybe it was like, probably April of 2020. And she kind of mentioned that she was doing this new thing and it was called intermittent fasting. And I had never heard of intermittent fasting at all. I'd heard of fasting obviously through like religious practices and things. But at the time I was very adamant in the mindset that you needed to eat like five small meals a day and you ate every few hours. So I told my mom, she was crazy I couldn't believe she was doing this. It wasn't healthy. And she said she had heard about it herself, I think on another podcast. I kind of went back and asked her, I'm like, how did you even hear about it? And she's pretty sure she heard about it on another podcast. And it had piqued her interest for a couple of reasons. And one reason, my both my mom and I have suffered from irritable bowel syndrome our whole lives. We have GERD, we just have all sorts of stomach issues. So she was interested in that to see if it would help with her stomach issues. And then also as like a weight loss health perspective too. At the time, I kind of brushed it off, told her she was nuts, didn't think much more about it. And then I would say probably about a month into it. So we're getting close to like June, 2020. She was feeling great, was telling me like how much better her stomach issues were, had lost some weight. And I was like, okay, like, tell me more, tell me more about it. And by then she had found your book. And at the time it was delayed. don't deny. And she was like, just read this book. It's really easy to read. You'll understand more about like what I'm trying to tell you. Keep an open mind. So I read the book. Actually, I listened to the book. It was summertime. So since I'm a teacher, I was, and we hadn't been in school anyways for a little while. (laughs) Um, So I was taking like really long walks and just had like more time. So I listened to the book in just like a day or two. And everything that you were saying seemed to make a lot of sense. So I thought, all right. And the other thing I had noticed because we had been out of school since March, I had had a lot of time. I've always been really into fitness. Working out has been something that's always been really important to me. But in the pandemic, from like March until the beginning of June, I had gained weight, even though I was probably working out like more than I ever had because I had so much time, like do two a days, you know, like. But working out was not helping with, you know, maintaining or losing weight or anything at the time. And so I was like, all right, it could help with my stomach. I don't know what's happening, but I'm working out so much and I'm super annoyed that I'm gaining weight during this pandemic time. So listened to the book and thought I'll give it a try. And pretty much from there, I was hooked. I want to say it was easy. I'll talk a little bit about like the beginning, the first month or so, but it was, it made sense to me. Like I said, with the science, the science behind it made a lot of sense to me once I dug into it. That was the avenue that got me into fasting.
0: Well, that's awesome. I love it when people hear from family members. I love that your mom brought you in. And she's a nurse. Oh, that's even better. Yes. Because she knows the science. Yes. I hear that from so many nurses specifically that they're read the book and and it was like all clicked and they're like, Oh yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. 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 She was like, just listen to what she says in the book. Like it makes sense. And it does. So,
0: (laughs) well, that's awesome. So you were hooked and you said the
1: first month was pretty easy. You know, it was easy in the sense that like I went in with a plan. I started with just an eight hour eating window. So like about a 10 to six or 11 to seven was my eating window. Now I will say that once I ate, and maybe you can talk more about this, I feel like I haven't heard a ton. Let's say I would open my window at like 11. I was so sleepy after I would eat, but like, I never noticed that I was sleepy before that after I ate, but I was like foggy and so tired for the first few weeks. Whenever I would open my window and eat, I was like, oh my gosh, I, I'm so tired. So that part was kind of a hard adjustment because Like I said, I'm a pretty active person. And once I opened my window at ate, I like wanted to take a nap every single
0: day. Well, it's really, it's a dramatic difference. Like you, you suddenly have that contrast. Whereas before when you started off eating first thing in the morning, you were eating, what did you say? Five small meals a day. That was just your default, the way you felt, right? You didn't notice. I know I was constantly throughout the morning before I was an intermittent faster Drinking more coffee, having more whatever, or having a snack, getting that energetic hit. Yes. But now you're fasted and you're feeling steady, steady, steady. Then you eat. Now your body has to process what you're eating.
1: Yes. And I was like, oh my gosh, but I never realized how much work my body had to do to process yeah. the food that I was eating. But so that was like 11 o'clock every day when I would eat. At first, I was like, and like, is it nap time now? But right. I have kids and dogs and a family. and. Was not so that was like <laughs> something that I like didn't expect that I noticed, but that wore away after you know, like about a month of getting used to it. So that was probably the hardest part. I did sometime around there make the switch to black coffee. I can't remember if I had already gotten rid of the creamer prior to that or not, but that part was not difficult for me. I know I hear a lot of people talk about switching to black coffee. I originally grew up in Seattle. I've been drinking coffee since I was like 14 years old. So (laughs) love coffee. So that one wasn't hard. Also through listening at that time, even in my eating window, I got rid of like fake sugar drinks too. We would keep in our house diet things or things like that. And I just went, you know what, I'm going to go black coffee. I'm just going to get rid of all the fake stuff. And then when I'm in my eating window, I'm going to have all things that are real. And not feel bad about having all the real things.
0: That's really a great thing to do because the fake stuff, you know, we were all sold it as better. It was better. Better to have zero calorie. But even in our eating window, we know that those things are not good for us, really. They're not good for our gut microbiome. They cause metabolic dysregulation. So. I don't know. <laughs> I can't think of a reason to include it.
1: I know. And I had for so long and I was like, you know what? I'm doing this other thing that's obviously great for my health with fasting. I was like, I'm just going to try to get rid of any of the things that at least I know for sure are not good for me. So it was nice. It was kind of a lot of things clicking into place at the same time. So,
0: so you started with an eight hour eating window. Yes.
1: Yeah. And then I pretty quickly, I went to probably like a six hour. I would wait until about one o'clock. And I would usually eat like a good lunch at one o'clock. And then I always want to have dinner with my family. So that's why evening, a later window is always going to probably make sense for me. I like to cook for my family. We like to sit down with my family. So yeah, I switched and would eat lunch at one, eat dinner, and I'd be done eating by seven.
0: All right. Is that still what you do today? Well, (laughs) sometimes.
1: (laughs) Sometimes. So Monday through Friday, when I go to school, I don't eat until after school. Yeah. That's what I started doing. It just was so much easier not to eat at school. You get so much
0: more done. Like what do you do during your lunchtime? Do you work or do you sit with your friends?
1: Well, I usually either work or a couple days a week in my off period for lunch. Other science teachers are helping kids. So I'll usually just stay in there and keep working with students during my lunchtime. Sometimes I'll take like a little bit of a mental break and just like sit and scroll through my phone or make a phone call or go outside. If it's nice, it's not right now. And like take a walk during that time. But yeah, it is. It's like an extra half an hour of time. And I love not packing food for school. Like I used to have to think about what am I going to pack? And it took me now. I literally have like a thing of water, a thing of coffee and a
0: and out the You're door. You're ready to go. Yes. Yeah. That was what I noticed too, just that it bought back so much time at school so then you could do do something. You didn't have to take as much work home with you.
1: Yes. Yep. Teachers, you know, always can use any any extra time. So an extra half an hour is great. So you
0: wait on Monday through Friday to get home from work.
1: Yeah, and that's about I would say I get home between like 3:30 and 4. Although, so that's what I've been doing all year. Recently, I have noticed one thing I struggle with and I know we talk about that later is fitting in enough like nutrients in that short eating window because I would go home and I wasn't eating till like 3:30 or 4 and I would have like one vegetable and that would be with my dinner. We always have a vegetable but I'm like I feel like I need to be eating more than one vegetable a day. So I have started at the beginning of the week I'll put some vegetables in our school fridge that we have here like some broccoli, carrots, cauliflower and while I'm staying after school working, I'll get that out around three-ish and I'll open my window with vegetables. That's and then a that great way, way to do it. Yeah. That way I feel like I'm getting more than just a single serving of veggies a day and I feel
0: good. That can be a challenge. You're right. A lot of of times people will ask that, you know, how do I fit in all the nutrients that I need in a shorter eating window? And it it always makes me chuckle a little bit because I think back to how I used to live before I was an intermittent faster. I was eating all day, but it wasn't vegetables. (laughs) Unless you can't like catch up with the, I mean, yeah. <laughs> potatoes, whatever, <laughs> yes. but you know, I wasn't eating a lot of vegetables. So I fit more nutrients in my eating window now than I did when, when I was eating all day, which is funny.
1: Yes. Yeah. And that's what I'm trying to be now that I'm really comfortable with fasting it's just like, what can I do to be even healthier and eat things that are going to make me feel good. So that's been like just in the last month I've started doing that. So I would say now I probably eat between like three and seven. On weekdays. And then weekends, I'm really loose, like an open in the sense that I'm not gonna be regimented. I don't stick to a certain amount of time. so I find I'm closer to that like one to seven time, probably on the weekends. I'll have a lunch, I'll make a big salad or something and open with that and then still eat dinner with my family. You always say it's kind of good to mix it up and not follow the same schedule all set, you know, every single day of your life. So those are kind of my open days.
0: I think that's very, very similar to what I did when I was a teacher. Weekends were a little more flexible and I waited till I got home to eat just because it was so much easier not to have to fool with it. So my, my window was tighter during the week, looser on the weekend, especially after I got to my goal. You know, I did have to keep my eye on it while I was still losing weight, but once I got to goal, especially weekends could be, you know, whatever feels right.
1: Yes, definitely. Like, uh, last weekend, I went to brunch with friends and we ate at probably 10 or 10 30 and I'm just not going to stress about it. That's my big thing with fasting is if I'm going to do this forever, which I am, I'm not going to sit there and I'm not going to stress and I'm not going to count hours and I'm not going to obsess over like what I eat or when I eat, I'm going to do what feels best. And that's what I've found. And brunch with friends is one of life's greatest pleasures. Oh my gosh, It was great. I wouldn't have missed it for the world. And so. it was totally window
0: worthy, <laughs> right?
1: Oh yeah, we went to a delicious restaurant. So
0: what'd you have?
1: I had um biscuits and gravy.
0: Oh I which love biscuits and gravy. I never
1: have. We found this one restaurant where I love it. And then they make like these sort of like gourmet specialty pancakes. So we got like a couple of those to share. So we got this like lemon curd and almond pancake. It was so good. Definitely worth that it. That sounds
0: really good. Yeah. yeah. Totally window worthy. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So when you started in, in 2020, how much weight would you say that you wanted to lose at that time?
1: So I'm pretty tall. I'm like 5'11". So you, we would be very different if we stood next to right, each other. Right. Yes. So I always kind of hovered in like the 165 range was pretty normal for me. And I'm super active. I work out a lot. I'm pretty muscular. So that was a pretty, I feel like healthy weight for me. And then, like I said, I was working out a lot during the pandemic and had gotten up to about 175. And that was a number that was just like, even though it was only 10 pounds for me, it was not normal. And I feel like it might've kept going. I don't know. Well, (laughs) It probably was. How old are you? I'm
0: 37. Okay. 37. That's really kind of, I'm trying to think, when did I really start? The weight just kept going up, 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 up. You know, there was a period of time as I got older after kids where that yeah. really did just keep happening. 10 pounds turned into 20, turned into 80. I mean, you know, yes. yeah. but 10 pounds over where you feel good. And whereas ideal for your body, your clothes start not fitting, you know, that that's when you're like, all right, got to do something.
1: Yes. Yeah. And it was just frustrating because to me, like being thin has never been my goal, but like being really fit has been important to me. And I just didn't feel fit, even though I was working really, really hard <laughs> at it. So that was frustrating. I ideally wanted to at least, you know, get back down to that like 165 range without having to do some like major diet where I was counting calories or anything insane like that. And now, after it's been about two, over two years, obviously, I've settled like between 155 and 160.
0: Okay. So a little bit smaller than you had been for most of your adult life.
1: Yes. Yeah. And that's been kind of constant. And I'm like you now, I've just, I haven't weighed myself in a really long time because i Isn't feel that so freeing. good. Yes.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah,
1: i don't want to worry if it's 2 pounds up or 2 pounds like i don't even want to worry about it. I feel so good. I my clothes like you said fit great. I'm not going to obsess and even think about it yeah and there will be seasons
0: where your pants get tight that happens for me luckily I don't know what that range is I don't know how far up it goes I don't know how far down it goes I have no idea I could guess but I'm just guessing but it's no big deal I have all the tools that I need so do you yeah if you found your pants were getting tight tighten up weekends a little bit yeah a little bit here and there there you go
1: Yes, and I there probably definitely have been, and like it all balances out in the end. And maybe I was having longer windows, or maybe it was the holidays, or something like that. But then you get back to normal, and I feel like my body has found a good place to settle, and it just kind of settles back into that place.
0: So I, I love when it just works and it just feels right. As you were getting adjusted, it doesn't sound like you had a lot of of struggles.
1: You know, I didn't. I can't say it was really challenging. It felt pretty normal to wait to eat, even though I've always been like a an obsessive like breakfast person because of just what has been ingrained to me with like working out and stuff you have to eat, you know, get that metabolism going and fuel your, fuel body. your workout. Oh yeah. You've had to fuel it before, you had to fuel it after. And so I found when I didn't eat breakfast, I was like, I feel like I wasn't even hungry. Like I felt totally fine. So that was very easy to kind of cut out and then just moving it back gradually felt pretty easy. So yeah, I'm pretty lucky that I didn't have a ton of struggles as I moved into my eating window at all.
0: That is. And I, I think probably it may have a lot to do with the fact that you were metabolically healthy already. Yeah, You know, you were not out of a healthy weight range. And it sounds like you haven't struggled with your weight much throughout your life.
1: You know, it's funny. I, I actually in reality have not struggled with my weight, but it's been something I've thought about a lot throughout my life. And so like even growing up, I was very active. I was an avid swimmer and swimming is obviously like high caloric burn. Swam before school when I was 10, 11, 12, 13 after. So I was swimming constantly. But if you look at pictures of me, I had some baby fat on me right. still even though I was probably in like incredible shape because I was swimming so much. So I feel like probably genetically I was never blessed as one of those people who could just like eat whatever they wanted and I had a lot of friends in high school that would eat a lot of junk and they could go to fast food and it did not affect them at all. That is not the genetics or metabolism that I was blessed with. And so I really thought about food and my weight a lot. And so that's why now, finally, as, like, a 37-year-old, not thinking about it a lot is very freeing. And it's, like, took a long time to get there. But I always have paid really close attention to what I ate. My oldest brother and I were always on a diet of some sort. We were always doing something. We've done a few of the crazy ones that you talked about. We were really into, like, the hydroxy cut, the pills. I remember all that. Oh, my gosh. Do you remember those? And all I remember with those was like my heart rate would always like, was yeah. like a million miles a minute. Like I felt terrible when I would take these pills, but I just had to take them. Was that ephedra? Is that what that was in there? I think so. Something like that. Yeah. And it's yeah. now
0: off the market.
1: It's like terrible for you. Yeah. Yes. But yeah, <laughs> our hearts would be racing, but we were like, and then my brother was the same way. My old, He was an athlete, but we just never had that metabolism where you could eat. Like we saw our friends eating and if we did, we felt like it just affected our bodies differently. So I think it made us think a lot more about our weight, even though looking back at pictures, I was never overweight, you know, throughout my high school or even college or anything. But to me, it seemed like I had to work really, really hard at it.
0: You were just always mindful of it and you knew you had that connection. You're like, if I eat like that, I know I'm going to gain the weight. So you just didn't, was
1: it from watching your mom diet, you think? Oh, probably a hundred percent. Yeah. My mom, same thing. She has, we have similar body type. I think she's similar where some people could have a looser diet. She couldn't. And she was always very cognizant of her weight. She probably talked about her weight more than she should have, but you know, making comments and and things like that and dieting. And so I think that definitely influenced probably my mentality as well. Yep.
0: So you just internalized that, that, okay, we restrict what we're eating because that's what we do. And exactly. I mean, I a hundred percent remember that. I remember, you know, hearing my mother talk about that all the time. And even when I didn't need to, when I was like, you know, a skinny teenager and I was like, all right, we just worry about what we're going to eat. Yeah, I know. I
1: look back now and I'm like, oh my God, why was I even like thinking about this constantly? I But it is, it's something that gets ingrained and then you think about and worry way more than you should.
0: Yeah. It's just so very prevalent in our society.
1: Yes. And I have two stepdaughters and I try very pointedly now to not make you know, negative comments about my body, not make comments about eating or food being good food or bad food. Even with fasting, obviously they're older, one's 17, one's 14. They know I fast. But we talked a lot about like why I fast and how it makes me feel. And they see when I'm eating, we eat really good food and I'm not obsessed as over, you know, like what I'm eating. So
0: yeah, I think that's the very best way to be. I'm proud of the message that, I mean, I know my boys saw me do crazy things on the crazy diets when they were younger, but I guess they weren't paying attention. So by <laughs> the time they got old enough to really understand what I was doing, you know, I was doing better things, you know, the intermittent fasting and the, you know, eating food that was delicious without feeling like I had to diet, in front, you know. Yes. They saw a mother who enjoyed food and ate food and wasn't, you know, stressed out about food, good food, bad food, that sort of thing.
1: And they probably see me be a lot more open and healthy now. Like my husband and I had our son eight years ago, and after that, I was doing a popular workout and food program. After I had our son, and that was the one that came with like containers and the containers. I I figured it was, yeah. There were colors, and you got a certain amount of containers. And my girls probably saw me obsessively like filling out and, and keeping track of everything I ate. And it was like so much work. And I probably was grumpy all the time as I was doing it. So they probably see, I hope me fasting now, and it's so easy and carefree and I'm not so obsessed as I was about what I was eating then. So I think it's set a really good example for them.
0: Yeah. I think that's the most important example we can set is that food is pleasure. Yes. We enjoy it, but it's not like a mindless thing. You don't just, you know, eat all the time for all of your moods. But when you do eat, you enjoy it and you don't judge it. I think that's really important to communicate to our next generation.
1: Yeah, my oldest daughter got us. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's called a ninja creamy. It like makes ice cream.
0: Out of like fruits
1: and things. Yeah, you can put anything in there. You can make like indulgent. You can put in just like a, you know, frozen fruit with almond milk or anything in there. And so we've had a lot of fun all last summer making ice cream. And it wasn't like, oh, I can only have it, you know, certain nights or Like whatever we made. And some were really healthy and some were less healthy. And it wasn't like, you know, in the past, I probably would have been like really stressed about having that. And oh, should we have that? Or should we not have that? And I love that she sees that. Yes, we have. And then obviously it's in moderation and we try to make some healthy things, but it's okay to make some fun things and enjoy those too. And, And there's no such thing as like, I felt we ever feel bad after we eat something, you know, because we shouldn't have eaten.
0: And by bad, I know you mean feeling guilty, yes. if, but you might feel physically bad. Yes. <laughs> yes, That's an important lesson, you know, to share that with a child, you know, Ooh, I had more ice cream than my body liked. And I feel a little jittery next time I won't eat as much. And that like, connects that, you know, it's not that the ice cream was bad. It's that, Oh, I didn't feel my best after I had it.
1: Yeah. I have never been like so in tune with what foods do and do not work. With my body. And yes, if there are regrets that I have, it's a regret because I continued to eat a food that I already knew is gonna make me feel bad the next day. So those are the only food regrets I have these days. It's like, oh my gosh, I know like a lot of dairy with my stomach is not good. So it's like, if I choose to go for it and have a lot of dairy, I usually regret that choice for the next (laughs) few days, really. My stomach, I kind of alluded to the beginning, but I was that kid in elementary school that was in the nurse's office every single day. I had like my own stash of Pepto-Bismol. I had stomach aches every single day in my life. And that continued literally until I started intermittent fasting. I felt I probably six out of seven days a week had stomach pain. I was constantly bloated what they ended up diagnosing me with besides just like IBS and GERD was what they called poor stomach motility. So okay. they did a bunch of tests all the way from like my esophagus, where your digestion starts all the way through my entire system. And my system like failed all the tests. Wow. <laughs> they're like, they're like from start to finish, your digestive system is not good. And sluggish. so sluggish. so very sluggish takes much longer. So that's why I think intermittent fasting has worked so well. I give my body just so much time to digest and process food so that it's not, you know, always trying to catch up basically as well. That makes a
0: lot of sense.
1: Yeah. It's been the best.
0: So when did you figure out that dairy was also related to it? Was that after intermittent fasting or did you learn that early?
1: No. So I would have never thought that dairy would have been something that would have made me feel bad. But then I started to notice like sometimes In the evening, I would have, you know, if I would have ice cream or even sometimes I'll like, like a bowl of cereal um, sometimes. And if I would use like cow's milk, you know, with lactose or dairy in it for like the next day, I would wake up and my stomach would just hurt. And I'd be like, what did I eat yesterday? And I kind of would go through and there's not a lot of options because you don't have a lot of time to eat. And that was kind of the thing that stood out to me. So I really noticed the next time I ate it. And there's been a few other things like that that were surprising for some reason, sadly, like apples, Oh, apples for some reason. I don't know if it's all the fiber in them or something, but I'll notice the same thing with apples. I wake up and I'll have kind of a a bloated stomach the next day, but it's just so nice because there's very few things that could be the culprit. So it's been really easy for me to figure out what those couple of things are. And sometimes I choose to still have the dairy. And like oh, I yeah. said, I usually regret it the next day. So.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I get it. But, you know, that is one really powerful thing about intermittent fasting is it helps us tune in the signals we might not have known. Because you said you had, you know, six out of seven days, your stomach hurt. Yes. And just, you know, not eating all day long helped with that. There wasn't as much for your system to move through, but it really helped you pinpoint, okay, some days it still happens. Oh, it's the dairy. I'm sad about the apples though too.
1: (laughs) I know, that's a bummer. And I realized that pretty early on with fasting and then like a couple months ago, I was like, let me just try it. I'll just, let me just have an apple for a snack. And sure enough, the next day I was like, ugh. Does it matter
0: if it's cooked or raw? Does that make a difference?
1: You know, I don't know. I've only had raw. So Well,
0: see, now it's time to make like an apple cobbler or yes. something.
1: That <laughs> sounds <laughs> delicious. I'll have that's, to, uh, for science, I'll have to that's try That's what I was going to say. It's, it's <laughs> absolutely for science. <laughs> yes. And then I want you to email me and let me know. Because oh I mean, gosh. it really
0: could be because, you know, a cooked apple is a whole lot different from a raw that's apple. It's true.
1: It's true. Yeah. I'll have to give it a try. Because yeah, that's been a sad one because those used to be like a go-to snack for me when I was eating my like 25 meals a day that I was eating. I would have like an apple and peanut butter or something as like one of my snacks. And I was like, well, no wonder every single day I had a stomach ache. I know now that that's, you know, one of the thing that, triggers my stomach issues, but I would have never known that before when you're eating so many things throughout the day. Yeah, I
0: love apples and peanut butter. You just made me think, I need to experiment now that I have the CGM on that I'm wearing. I need to experiment with an apple and peanut butter because I, I feel like apples make my blood sugar crash for whatever reason. Mm. Like years ago, I mean, well well before intermittent fasting, I realized I couldn't really snack on apples. I don't know why. Yeah,
1: they'll have to see. Like I don't
0: feel good after I eat them. Now I'm like, I need to eat an apple while I'm wearing this CGM and see if it really does make my blood sugar crash, because there aren't very many things that, I mean, you would think an apple and peanut butter would be a good solid snack.
1: That's what I thought because when I was peanut eating butter. it all the time. Yeah, the protein, that was always the idea when I was you know, packing my five meals. I was like, well, this is a great meal.
0: Yeah, good combo.
1: Yeah, little did it. Theoretically,
0: works. it should be. So now, now I'm going to have to try that yes. <laughs> and see, because it is such a delicious flavor combination.
1: Yeah, it feels like a treat sometimes. I would have it at night as like a dessert.
0: Oh, yeah, not absolutely. No, I have Uh, real dessert.
1: (laughs) Well, that's a pretty good trade-off right there, right? Yes, yes.
0: (laughs) So other than teaching you some things about, you know, dairy and apples exacerbating your stomach pain, has your taste in food changed at all?
1: You know, I can't say that I've had a huge change in my taste of food other than, like I kind of talked about earlier, like really getting rid of some things that I knew were probably bad for me. But I would say we were never like a junk food household. I didn't have a a ton of diet cleanup to do, which was also, I think, what made it more frustrating that I was gaining weight because we were not going to fast food. We weren't eating takeout all the time. I grew up, my mom's a nurse. My dad's a PA. They're both pretty medically knowledgeable. We ate a lot of healthy food growing up. And so I brought that into my family. So I didn't have a lot of junk to get rid of in my diet. And so I've been able to really keep basically all the things that I like to eat unless I found that they, you know, make me not feel good.
0: That's good. It's better to always have better habits than habits you need to take a close look at. I mean, I just ate garbage. I mean, growing up, seriously, <laughs> my mother just gave me whatever, you know, because it was easy. It was open a can of SpaghettiOs or pop in a banquet frozen meal. I mean, you know, the TV dinners of the past, you're not old enough to remember the ones that you had to bake in the oven. No, no. Because by the time you came along, you could microwave. microwave. We didn't have microwaves. (laughs) You had to bake it in the oven for like 45 minutes or something. So it was not that fast. That's not even convenient. (laughs) No, it wasn't convenient. I can remember being like, all right, I'm going to eat this in 45 minutes. Yes. (laughs) It would have been easier to make a sandwich or something.
1: Yes, but I feel like I have more time. So we try more things as a family. I will say my middle daughter is pretty picky. And so for dinner, we have some like common things we'll keep in the rotation. But my whole family loves Brussels sprouts. We always have. So we eat a ton of Brussels sprouts, like asparagus, green beans. We love like all Asian inspired foods. So we'll do a lot of like stir fry. We all love edamame. So those are all things that we ate, you know, before that we've included in our diet just have continued to include in our diet. So, and then if I want like something, a treat, like I still have a treat too.
0: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. That's the best of both worlds. So how about your mom? She had IBS as well. Is she still fasting?
1: Well, so my mom had amazing success with intermittent fasting and absolutely has loved it. She had a little bit more weight to lose. She probably lost like close to 30 pounds in, I don't know, probably about a year Year and a half. Unfortunately, she's found out recently that she has a couple of medical conditions oh. and she has medication that she has to take with that throughout the day. And that's been, I was like, a very disappointing experience for her because she has to take her medicine right. with food and she has to take it in the morning and she has to take it in the evening. And so she's kind of playing around. And she did talk to her doctor and said, You know, I fast. Can I try taking it at this time? Can I try? And her doctor's been super open with her moving like the first time she takes it to a later time to try to push it back. So her fasting window is not quite as long as it used to be. She also had a really bad bike accident. Oh gosh. Last summer down somewhere in your neck of the woods. I want to say they were in like Charlotte or Georgia, somewhere down there. Okay, My, my yeah. parents travel a lot and she could do no exercise, was kind of off her usual routine. And so between those two things, I think she's kind of had to change her fasting routine and maybe regain some weight in that time. But now she's healed from her accident. I think she's found a good window for taking medication. So she has a good eating window and she's back at it. So she has had a lot of success, there's just some things that came up in her life that she had to make adjustments for.
0: And, you know, that's really something that happens, you know, with people that have to take medication. And sometimes there is no choice. Some medications you cannot take on an empty stomach. They must be taken with food. And so there are some things you can have them with that wouldn't be as detrimental as, you know, like having, having a bagel. No, (laughs) (laughs) maybe, maybe have like some heavy cream. Does that break a fast? Yes. But it might not have as large of an impact as, you know, an apple would.
1: Yeah. She's loved it. She found such great success. She's working on a new routine, but she is also going to be an intermittent faster. I know for the rest of her life, it just doesn't look the same for her as when she started.
0: Yeah. And that's, you just have to respond to what's going on in your life. So I'm glad she's been able to do that. I'm glad she's recovered from her bike accident.
1: Oh my gosh, me too. But she just got back on the bike. I was hoping she would never ride a bike again. Yeah, oh. <laughs> <no. laughs> You know, they always say,
0: it's just like riding a bike. And so I'm like, okay, riding a bike must be easy. Well, I, Chad had a bike. And so I tried to get on his bike, but it's not built for me. It's too big, you know, because I'm little. Chad has really long legs. So I was trying to ride that bike. And I was like, I'm going to fall off this bike and die.
1: This is not easy at all. I hear about a lot of biking accidents. I don't think it's that easy. The saying is a lie.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, also when we're young, we just fall and we bounce. But when you get older, it's not the same. Yes. (laughs) You don't just bounce. And if you fall off, you know, your skin, it's not going to be the same. So, your mom told you about fasting. Do you tell people about fasting?
1: So, up until probably about a year ago, the answer was no. So, I didn't really share a lot besides my husband. Obviously, my husband knew what I was doing because we lived together. When I told him, he kind of thought the same thing that I thought about my mother that I was a little bit crazy. But he's on board with fasting now. And I would say he fasts with me. His window is just longer mm-hmm. than my window he eats he's also a teacher and you know you cannot decide when lunch is his lunch is at 11, 11 o'clock in the morning so for him he has about an eight hour window okay so that sounds like chad yeah chad opens at
0: 11 yes he, he yep. starts eating at 11 and not 10 45 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so he has his yes. 11 o'clock lunch then he has
1: Yeah. And then he'll have dinner with us. And sometimes he's done eating before seven, you know, so he probably has between a seven and eight hour window. And for him, he's a pretty lean, he's probably like, he's a small guy. What he would think would be like any overweight part of his body is not in reality. You know, like he doesn't need to lose a bunch of weight. He does have some cholesterol issues that are probably genetic because he doesn't need to lose weight or anything. So he has been fasting to help with that. And his numbers have have gotten better with that as well. My husband was maybe the first person I told that got on board. And then I have a best friend and she is like a workout queen. Like she works out so much. Every single morning we have our watches. I'll get a notification, you know, that she's worked out. She doesn't ever miss it. She also did. I don't know if you've heard of the challenge 75 hard. I have heard of that. What is it? I don't know anything
0: about it. I've just heard of it and it sounds hard. So, you know, (laughs) it's easy. If it's called hard in the name of it, I'm like, okay, no. I'm out. It is not for me. Yeah. If they
1: called it 75, you're going to love it. Maybe I would try it. But yes. So about a year ago, she was doing 75. It's like 75 days and you have to work out two times a day. You have to follow a specific eating plan. You have to drink a certain amount of water. And I think you even have to like read a nonfiction, like health related book for 75 days. So she was doing like two-a-day workouts, was following a really specific eating plan and just was not seeing results from it. And it's like, oh my gosh, she was killing herself to do this. And so I kind of mentioned that I was fasting, but I, I wasn't someone who had talked a lot about it or anything with her. And she finally asked, she was like, all right, tell me about fasting because I think she was just so exhausted from everything that oh, yeah. she was doing.
0: I'm exhausted just hearing about yes, that. I know.
1: <laughs> so I told her about it. I told her about your book. I think I was able through audible, you know, you have like a certain amount of shares. So I think I was able to just like share the book with her and she started fasting probably within like the last seven months. And I don't have an exact number, but she has lost probably, I would say upwards of 20 plus pounds wow. for fasting. And she's not working out twice a day anymore. <laughs> she's just a normal, like still loves fitness, still works out, but she loves it. So I'm so happy for her because she was working so hard. And then just at the new year, I posted on Facebook, just on a story. So not even on my page, it's not there anymore. But I had just posted something along the lines of, if you're you know looking for something new to kickstart you know, your year, and you want to be healthier. I've been intermittent fasting for two years now and I've never felt better. It's just what I posted. And I just put it out there. And I said, if someone reads it and they want to ask me about it, they will. Because sometimes, you know, you still kind of worry, like, do people look at you and go like, yeah, all right, you look really good. I want to do what you're doing. Like, I don't know. You know? So I was just like, I'm just going to put it out there. And I will say, since I shared that I've had probably like 10 people in different aspects of my life just come to me and say like, hey, will you tell me about fasting? You know, I'm interested in it. And so I'm really glad I I did that because with those 10 people, they've all started fasting and it's going really well for them. So I probably should share a little more, but that was like a big step for me. So
0: now I get it. I get it because I know for me, especially, I had done so many crazy diet things, and people had seen me do so many things, and I, I was almost hesitant to share it first because it's like, well, they're going to think Jen's doing something crazy again. But yes, <laughs> luckily, I did share.
1: <laughs> yes, I'm so glad you shared, and I I should have. Taken your lead and shared earlier because yeah I did have a lot of people come out of the woodwork and be like hey tell me about this well I think the fact that you've been doing it
0: for two years you know for everybody listening take your time share when you're ready because you know if you're new it's okay to not feel confident enough about it yet to want to share and you don't don't want to have to answer questions or are you starving yourself you know the pushback but after you've done it for two years yeah. You know, no one's going to tell you it's not good for you because you know it's good for you because of how you feel. You can host the best backyard barbecue when you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done
1: well. Inside to outside, repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Clear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. BiteClear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Yes. You have a lot of evidence or whatever to support this lifestyle and how good you feel. And I don't look, I'm not emaciated. Or anything, you know, you just look healthy. And I think that's what people see like, oh, she looks healthy. So I want to learn more about that.
0: That's exactly it. There were diets I did in my past where I lost a lot of weight and didn't look healthy. (laughs) Yeah, we've all had friends who did that. Yeah, who lost a lot of weight, but they look haggard and yeah,
1: or they lost twenty pounds in a week, and you're like, I don't think that's like normal.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Definitely not.
1: But you know, the best
0: way to quote sell it is just to be the picture of health, and you look so good, and you feel so good.
1: Yes, definitely. And I, my energy, they probably see like when we're in doing meetings and groups, which sometimes can be a little boring as a teacher. I probably have a lot of, they're like, she has a lot of energy.
0: <laughs> That's true. I do not miss those meetings at all.
1: Oh my gosh, I know. So I will say, my principal does a really good job of like not wasting our time. So we well, do not. you're Very say, lucky. Yes, we're so feel lucky.
0: Very my lucky. principal, bless her heart, she was a time weight. We had a meeting like you had to set aside these Thursdays. You were going to be there till five thirty. Oh my and, gosh. Oh my god. Yes, wow. five thirty. It was awful, and it was like never anything important. I mean. It could have been, you know, how they're like the meeting that could have been on a post-it note or yes. something. Yes,
1: Yeah. Was. Could have been a one-line email.
0: <laughs> we had them to have
1: them, yeah. honestly. I'm very lucky. You are sense. very lucky. Yes. yes. Yeah. I know that is not <laughs> common in teaching. But yeah, my no. principal is like very efficient with time and it gives us a lot of time. So that's awesome.
0: That's good. Because really that time is is so valuable as a teacher. Oh we my gosh. So You can much never to have enough to do. time.
1: Yeah, I already have a stack of papers next to me that are going to be coming home with me tonight because it's just because yep, you're recording in your
0: classroom and yes. I can see it right there.
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs>
0: I do miss some of those fun parts of teaching though, the kids and the excitement and being a science teacher. I bet you have a lot of fun with them.
1: I love it. And whenever I tell people I teach middle school, they always are like, oh, bless your oh, no you know, or going. whatever. I couldn't do anything else. They're so fun. I can be sarcastic with them. They're like still kids, but they're a little older. And we just like, we laugh constantly. I love it
0: you know I was elementary and so I was scared of middle school and high school because I was like they're so old and then you have your own kids I mean you know this from having your daughters right then you see them grow up and you're like oh wait they're not old no
1: no they're babies they think they're think they old sometimes <laughs> but they're not <laughs> no and the
0: high school kids also not old no they just think they are of course the problem is they can make decisions that like impact the rest of their lives that's where it starts to get scary
1: yes definitely yes we're getting ready to send our <laughs> oldest one off to college and we're like, oh gosh, you're just going to be an adult all on your own. But like you said, they still seem like kids in so many ways. So it's crazy.
0: It really, really is. So you talked before that you've always were very active growing up. What types of things do you still like to do?
1: I still do. So that program that I alluded to that made me measure everything out. I've stopped with the measuring part, but I actually love the workouts. So beach body is beach, that It, it is Beachbody. I
0: know everything. Yes. We went and played trivia last night. And I'm like, there should be, I wouldn't know anything on fasting or dieting.
1: <laughs> if they're like, which diet plan do you have colored? I'm like beach body. Beach body. Yes, <laughs> you got it. You nailed it. Yeah. And I still have all the containers. We just use them to like For different leftovers stuff. In now. But yeah, so a couple days a week, like this morning, my husband and I got up at 4.15 in the morning and we did a workout. It is now almost four o'clock and I haven't eaten yet today. Oh, and well. I feel fine. So yeah, we do yeah. that a yeah, a couple days a week. We'll get up and work out and then every weekend, both weekend days, we work out. So those I love the workouts. I love the trainers. So that has been a blessing. That part of the program for me has been awesome. I love that you work out with your husband. Yes. He regrettingly gets up with me at 4.15. <laughs> I know he appreciates it, even though he doesn't seem like it.
0: <laughs> there is 0% chance i would be able to get Chad to get out of bed and do any kind of workout with Yes. Me. <laughs> he also doesn't work out. He does yard work. He'll walk on the beach with me. That's it. He's never, well, he does have some weights. So I'm like, I'm trying to think, have I ever seen Chad do an exercise? think no. He'll like move to his weights like for 10 minutes. That's, that's it. They're little weights.
1: Yes. And <laughs> my husband will tell me every single second of it. He hates every second of it. He doesn't enjoy it. Whereas I like actually enjoy working out. Okay. He hates it, but he'll do it. He knows it's good oh, for him. I love that
0: he's doing it with you though. Yes. He wants to be with you.
1: He does. He does some fasting. So it's been awesome to do that together. And then I have dogs. I love to go for long walks. That's when I listen to Your show is when I'm taking walks, so it's like I make sure I get those in, so I can listen to the podcast. Even on days I work out, I'll still take you know an hour walk if the weather's nice, because it's a nice time for me to just kind of zone out and listen to your show and relax. And it's so
0: good to be out in
1: nature. It's so nice. Oh my gosh! I'm ready for it to
0: be warm. (laughs) The
1: winter here has actually not been terrible in Iowa. We get into the negatives. You know, it'll be negative ten out, but this last week has been 50. So I've been out okay. I've been outside in the sun. It's been so nice and I've noticed how much better like my mood is when I oh, totally. go outside. So and I sleep yeah.
0: better. All that. All that's better when there's more sun. But the oh days are gosh. getting longer again. So it's that's so exciting.
1: nice. There was days where I, I get to work at, you know, 6 45 because middle school starts really early. And I'd come in the dark. It's pitch dark. And it would, you know, be getting dark when I would drive home at four o'clock. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is, I can't wait for the days to get longer. So it's been nice. The sun's almost been coming up when I've been driving to work and I've been going home and and walking the dogs in the sunshine because it's at least light till almost five now. So that's important for like my mental health for sure.
0: Well, I was able to sit out on the porch and watch the sun come up this morning. It was warm enough for that. So it was like right around 50 out there. And oh, And I saw dolphins.
1: Oh, my gosh. I know. I mean, that's
0: you don't always see dolphins. And so, I mean, like you really don't most of the time. So lately, there have been, I don't know what they're doing this time of the year, but they're really close to the shore. Like they're right behind where the waves break, like right back there. And so I've seen them a lot of times recently. And there's just no more special way than. Oh,
1: my gosh yeah, like dolphins. an amazing way to wake up. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I really yeah. can't
0: believe that I get to see them. So.
1: Yes, yes. <laughs> but I'll be really nice when it's
0: warm and I'm walking on the beach and stuff.
1: <laughs> I know, I know. I just keep saying I'm like in my mind I'm like, well, it's almost spring break, and then after spring break the year is almost over, so it's that's really true. almost summer. Is the yeah. mindset I'm in?
0: <laughs> well, that's right. It, I remember those days, and yep. well, you're right. Once you get to spring break, yeah, you of just count by. it down. Yeah, count it. When do y'all get out of school?
1: We're out the week before Memorial, so like around May okay. 24th That's very similar
0: to what, what we did here in the South. You know, not all school systems are like that. But y'all also then, I guess, start before Labor Day? We do, yes. Yeah. Do y'all yeah. finish first semester before Christmas?
1: We finish first semester like the week after we got back.
0: Okay. I taught in Georgia for all those years. We always finished first semester before Christmas. That's why we started early. And so that was really nice. You had your break, and then you came back, and it was a whole new semester, but...
1: Yeah. yeah. I felt bad for my girls. My one daughter is a freshman and it was her first time having finals. So they had that long break for Christmas oh. and then like a week and then finals. I was like, it would have been nice if, to button it all up before. It really is, break. but you, yeah.
0: you have to start so early. That's the thing. But here in the South, it's so hot in like August. It does. You might
1: as well be yes. in school because it's well, too hot. To be. <laughs> we used to start a little earlier, but they made actually a law because the Iowa State Fair is such a big deal here that you couldn't start until the fair was over. And so that pushed back our start date a little bit because a lot of our kids work at the fair or they show animals at the fair. So
0: I feel like South Carolina has a law like that, that I don't know what the date is, but Georgia, was like, you could do whatever. But in South Carolina, I think you have to wait. I wouldn't swear to that. But in Virginia, there was a state law that you couldn't start till after Labor Day.
1: Oh my gosh. Yeah. I'm glad we get done before Memorial Day. That's always like the best if we don't have snow days or anything.
0: Yeah, that's exactly right. So tell me about some more of your non-scale victories. Any of them other than just the, the IBS?
1: Yes. I wrote a few things down. So I have noticed just things. I know it's a bit superficial, but like my hair and my nails, that's not my superficial. <laughs> that's important. <laughs> yes. Like my nails grow so much faster. They're so much stronger than they were. Same with my hair, my hair. I never had like thin hair. I've always had a lot of hair, but it is growing faster. And I feel like it's way healthier than it had been. And my skin is looking so much better. So those have been just nice for me personally. I used to have a lot of problem with like my menstrual cramps. I would wake up the day that my period would start. I would wake up in the middle of the night, like in pain. And I'd have to wake my husband up to go get me Tylenol or something because I felt like a knife was going through my stomach. And literally, I want to say like within two months of fasting, I have maybe mild cramps.
0: That's amazing. And I just want to throw something out there. There's for some reason lately over the past few years, a couple of books have come out that imply that women need to fast differently around their menstrual cycle. I don't think that's true. (laughs)
1: You don't fast differently, right? No, I don't change anything. Yeah. No, I never did either. Yeah. And that's been such a like that week was a would always be like a really those five days, like miserable five right. days. Right. And now they're me. not. They're not. Yeah. You know, maybe I the week up ahead, I'm a little hungrier. But if yeah, I'm, I would if, have one, one day.
0: And that's how I always would know when I started fasting, I was already perimenopausal. So things were more irregular than they were because I was you know, in my 40s. But I would always have one day where I was really, really hungry. And every month I'd be like really surprised. <laughs> like, why am I so hungry today? Then the next day my period would start. Yep. And I was like, okay, But then eventually I got to the point where I was not surprised. I'd be really, really hungry. And I'd be like, oh, I bet my period's going to start tomorrow. Literally it it's the
1: same thing. If I get like really hungry, I'll look, I have like a health app that's built into my phone. I'm like, oh yeah, that's why. Like it's just normal. And, and I ate a little more
0: that day and that was it. I didn't have to stop fasting, track my phases. I don't even know. But <laughs> your body... Everybody lets you know.
1: Yes. So just need a little need more, more, hungry, more that day. Yep. I'll eat a yeah. little more food. So, and yeah. that can be for any time of the month, you know, like sometimes I'll have a really busy day and I get home and I barely have time to eat dinner and someone has to go somewhere. And then like, even maybe the next day or even two days later, I'll be like, Oh, I'm really hungry. It's probably because I'm just making up a little bit. And I just try to listen to my body a lot more than I used to.
0: Yeah. I think that's key. That's it. Our bodies let us know and having fewer cramps and feeling better. That is a huge positive sign that your body loves it.
1: It is. It really is. And I'd say the the last non-scale victory for me is like the mental health and the stress aspect. I kind of talked about the fact that I was really not obsessive, but I thought about food a lot and I thought about what I was eating a lot and I thought about what I should and shouldn't be eating. And then I spent a lot of time feeling guilty about food that I ate. And all of that is gone. Wow. It's so, you know, freeing. I am having bunion surgery coming up in March, which makes me feel like I'm like 85 to say I'm having (laughs) bunion surgery, but I've needed it for a few years. And with really enjoying being active, the pain has gotten worse. And so I'm like, all right, I'm going to go for it. And I think I put it off years ago because I was so worried about if I couldn't work out, Oh yeah, being really worried about gaining weight. And so I wouldn't do it. And now I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to be able to work out the same, but I'm fasting. And so I'm not super worried about, you know, like, oh my gosh, I'm going to gain all this weight. And I think that's literally why I didn't have the surgery, you know, five years ago.
0: Yeah, I totally get it. And you'll probably find like so many intermittent fasters do that you'll recover better as an intermittent faster from the surgery than if you had not been doing intermittent fasting. We hear that all the time from people in the community. That
1: will be awesome.
0: Like their doctors are amazed at how fast they they recover, and they're like, "It's fasting." Yeah.
1: Oh my gosh. Yeah. And that makes sense with all the great things that it does, you know, in our body. So I'm excited for that, and I'm glad I'm getting something taken care of that like I didn't want to get taken care of before because I was worried about you know weight gain and and things like that. And I just and now you
0: don't have to worry. I don't have to worry about
1: it. So I love it. Yeah. Well,
0: we are almost out of time. What would you tell someone just starting out with intermittent fasting, or what do you wish you knew when you first started?
1: Well, since I've recently started some people out, the things that I tell them is don't stress about it. The thing that I love the most about it is that it's not stressful. So, with my girlfriends that I've just recently started, I'm like, just pick a window, pick a long window to start with, at least eight hours. If you used to wake up every day and you ate at six o'clock, don't eat until eight o'clock you know like just take little baby steps at a time and don't stress about should I be eating should I not be eating like eventually your body is gonna adjust and you're gonna find like that sweet spot of what feels really really good the reason why I feel like I've stuck with this is because it it's very easy and I don't have to think about it a lot and so I would say start really small don't feel like you need to jump in you always talk about how sometimes we're in that mindset of like well if the eight hour or eating eating is good, then four must be like the best. Like, or maybe better. I should try for one. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Maybe yeah. I should just, yes. And just give yourself grace as you're like adjusting to this new way of living and know that it will feel natural and you'll find the, the thing that works best for you. And what works best for me, I always would listen to the stories at the beginning and be like, Oh, I should do that. And I've had to kind of get myself out of that mindset and say, no, nope, I'm not going to listen to what anyone else does. Like I love the stories, but I'm going to, in the end, I'm going to do the thing that works best for me.
0: And you can hear the suggestions and think maybe I should try that, but not yes. knowing that that's like the, the thing you must yes. do. It's like options on the menu, right?
1: Exactly. It's <laughs> a lot of things to try and what might work for one person might not work for yep. you at all. And so don't feel bad If like you have a friend or, you know, someone who's doing it this way and that way doesn't work for you, just try something else. Like you say, like tweak it till it's easy, start small, ease yourself into it and you'll find what works best for you. Well,
0: Jamie, thank you so much for telling your story today. I know that a lot of people will, will get a lot out of
1: it. Thank you so much for having me. Do you have an
0: intermittent fasting story to tell? Email me at Jen